it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Open Frequency Radio. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is returning guest, uh, frontman, well, pretty much the whole band of uh, Bane the Brain, um, good friend of mine, co-worker, Ben. Ben, it's, uh, it's, it's been a minute that we've talked outside it's of that. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, man, it has been a minute. How, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. It's been, uh, been crazy. Um, I know we don't really get to talk one-on-one because that chat at work blows up quickly. <laughs> mm. You know, um, but but off the bat, um, we do want I do want to mention you came out with your new song, Champion, and video, what, last week now? Uh, yes, last Friday. Yeah, so um, if nobody has not seen the video, and I don't usually push music videos anymore because you know, Ben, like music videos are very like hit or miss these days. Oh, yeah. But your video and your song, very catchy, very cool video, not long, um, definitely in my daily rotation these days. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, it's funny. I showed my brother. I sent it to my brother, Nick. Hey, wait, check this out. He goes, yo, where'd you find this guy? I go, I work with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like, yeah, we work uh, in an office building together usually. Yeah, yeah. When I, we're not like at home. Yeah, <laughs> um, but if you guys don't already do so, you can find him on uh, Bane the Brain, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah, uh, just the camp. just the one YouTube video for now, but I'm hoping uh, to do some more next year. Yeah, do you have a uh, you have tracks lined up? Is that what you're going to be doing maybe over the next couple of couple of months? I I actually have like a lot of unreleased songs that I've built up. Like there's probably songs that I think I recorded in 2019 that I have still not released. Like I probably have around 20 tracks. Some of them, like I probably will just not release. Cause like, I don't know, they don't uh, stick with me anymore, but um, I'm hoping to put out more music next year. I didn't put out a lot of music this year, mostly because there was like, obviously a lot of stuff happening in like a lot of different areas this year. In America, so people aren't really like focused on music, and it feels weird sometimes. Like during a presidential election, it feels weird to be like, "Ah, oh, here's my product that I hope you pay some money for, so I can get some profit off of it." Like <laughs> I don't know, it's it. So it, it was just like a weird time. So I didn't release that much, but I will release more next year. I'm not sure. Like I could do like a project theoretically, but I actually don't know how I want to release it. Yeah. I might do like a small EP and then do some singles as I think what I might go for, but still, uh, still got time to figure it out. 
yeah, I figured with the way uh, things are now and where they might be, say, the first six months of next year, I feel like an EP or singles is better than releasing a whole album if you're not playing shows for promotional reasons. Yeah, exactly. It really sucks to not be able to do, like, a release show for anything. Um, and, yeah, that, that's that's really one of the main reasons. And, like, I don't know, like, an album, it's like I put out, like, what, like, 12-plus tracks or whatever, and that's just, like, they're, they're out there. Um, and... You know, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of just it, and the people don't come back and revisit them, you know? Yeah. Um so I'm I'm thinking the EP is gonna be the way to go. Yeah, especially, you know, I, I think on top of it, you know, with the way people's attention spans are, I'm different, um, as you know, but I know a lot of people, you know, you they I don't I don't I can't think of anybody I know who doesn't listen to who's not a musician, who's not in a metal or progressive music who won't who listens to full albums. You know, even the popular, the people listen to pop music or, you know, stuff on the radio, generally the people I know, oh, I just hit, well, listen to singles. So the EP yeah. is easier to attract people. Yeah, exactly. Like, the smaller collection of tracks is going to get more listens, honestly, like, for each track than a bigger album is. Especially being, like, a smaller artist. That's just kind of how it works. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I'll be looking forward to it, and I will drop that on... Um, when I drop this episode, I will drop that track as well so people can find it. Word. Yeah. So, Feel free to link the uh, video and all that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to link link everything. Um, yep. But more importantly, so I think <laughs> last time I had you on, we talked a lot about Star Wars. Oh, yeah, the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be uh, – you are one of the few people I think I know who can watch Star Wars and accept Star Wars for what it is. You know, just fun science fiction just uh just just enjoy it you know you can yep. talk to so many other people and they don't um they analyze it too much they're so they get so stuck in oh i've seen parasite a billion times or you know i watch whatever the oscars uh got you know nominated yeah uh, people forget about the just just to shut up sit down and have fun kind of films like star wars but exactly. i think when we had the investors day by disney a few weeks ago i think we both knew it was going to be inevitable that we were going to have <laughs> get back on and and talk on top of oh, the yeah. Mandalorian uh season finale for season 2. Yep. So and I, you're I, you're obviously all caught up, right? Yes. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> good. So I So actually while I'm at it, if you have not watched season 2 of the Mandalorian including including the season finale, I would stop now and watch it because we're totally about to just talk about the whole fucking thing we're totally about to spoil it and honestly like while we're at it i'm probably given how this season went um this is going to involve discussion of other star wars media like the clone wars mainly so there's probably going to be stuff i spoil in the clone wars for those have, who haven't watched it as well um just just light spoilers but i figured i'd throw that in there because there's just <laughs> going to be spoilers everywhere because there's a lot to unpack so first and foremost let, let me ask you overall, season one or season two? Oh, season two, easily. I Season one is awesome, don't get me wrong, but season two is definitely, like, a step above season one. Like, if season one is, like, I don't know, like, if I were to rate it, like, an eight out of ten, just to throw a random rating out there, like, um, this season would be a nine out of ten. Like, that's that's how I would, like, compare the two for me. I, I would agree. I think the biggest thing for me, season one was great. It had its own feel. It just felt like a Western in space, like most 
of science fiction, you know, that's set the same way. But this one, I think all the Easter eggs and all the stuff that they dropped in from the expanded universe and the and the Skywalker saga, I think that's that put it up. It, it season one isn't bad. I would say I would just no, say no, but it's great. Better. It is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but season two is better. Um, yeah, and another reason for that I think is um. Like, obviously, the Easter eggs, like you said, like, the the way they're woven in is very natural. It does not feel like they're forcing cameos down your throat. Each appearance of a character can be logically explained within the story in some way and is explained, essentially. Like, not, like, usually, like, with dialogue, but just, like, when you think about how the story unfolds, you're like, oh, this this makes sense that this character would show up at this time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also the fact that this season... Season one did have, like, a little bit... Like, it's not like it was each... It, because Mandalorian season one, obviously it has the formula of usually each episode is a self-contained story, but he's moving on to like a next point. He's going with the direction. So it is like interwoven away with this season. It still has like the isolated episode thing, but it is a lot. It is like noticeably more so connecting threads of like, you can summarize the overall plot of this season of what happened. It more, it more blends and weaves together than season one did. Oh, Hands down, hands down. Um, well, for starters, I'm gonna before we get into the 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 Star Wars, the other stuff. I gotta say, and I saw somebody say this about Bill Burr's character. His character gives a lot of de- has a lot of depth for somebody who's a comedian. You know, yeah, for sure. And I think um, his appear. I liked his appearance in season one. Like I, I that was one of like my. Um, better liked episodes of season one i remember the one where they're with those like he's with those bounty hunters and you kind of get like all these people with different personalities i liked him in that and i think he's even better um in the episode uh that they use him in in season two because like you said it gives a lot more depth to his character he's not really just like a wisecracking guy like he actually has like obviously serious more dramatic moments um that like like you said (laughs) bring a lot of depth he was great Yeah, like like the fact he's sitting there, he's like, oh yeah, they just you know you know was it Empire Republic? It doesn't matter to them. They're still gonna, you know, these people. The, the way he worded it, it was actually really down to earth and really real. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and he had like kind of um his 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 moment with the officer where he shoots the officer. It reminded me of uh in Django, where um I can't remember the guy's name um but he shoots Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, because mostly because of pride, like he's just like, I hate this guy so much that I'm going to shoot him, even though I'm going to like, it's going to get us into trouble after. And he basically kind of gives him that look of like, sorry, but then, and then just blast him. It was great. No, it was, it was incredible. Um, especially that ending where he takes that sniper shot from the slave one. Yep. And, oh, and the seismic charge after from the slave one. Oh Yeah. Dude, oh. anytime I am a sucker for in space scenes where they do like the part where there's just no sound for a little bit, so something like crazy happens. Like they, that is like a a trope that can use get used over and over again, and I will never get sick of it. Have you ever seen? Not to jump jump aside. Have you ever seen the Battlestar Galactica series from the two thousands? No, I have not. So one of their big thing is anytime they did space scenes, which was a lot. Whether we you know, they were in fighting or whatnot, it was almost completely silent. You know, I think I heard about that actually. Like and that it was like cool. their thing. You know, and that's what you know. You bring that up, and that's what I you know, I do like that. You know, yeah, you know, it's cool when you have the blasters and you can hear everything exploding in space. But sometimes it's some, 
it, th- there's something about it just being absolutely silent. Yeah, it, it, it's it just speaks to like because the show in general is very good with its like pacing in like small moments where it knows times where um where it can like pause and and build to those like moments of like release basically <laughs> like just the way though I don't know just the way they timed it. Like, I don't know. It's it's something it's probably some nerdy filmmaking stuff that like I can't really describe, but like subconsciously it just works. Just the way they like pace how certain moments like that happen. Like it's like a little slow, drawn out moment, and then like the release is what like gets you. Yeah. No, exactly. The so Bill Burr aside, when I think we'll we'll can kind of walk our way through. Um episode one of this season. The ending scene mm-hmm. of episode one, or actually the whole first episode when, you know, the what's-his-name had uh, Boba Fett's armor. Yep. You know, Cobb it was... Band. Yeah, it, it was cool. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he ha- you know he has the armor, this and that, because every, you know, I've, we know episode six, you know, he falls into the, um... The fuck is the pit called? Into the Sarlacc pit. The Sarlacc pit. Yeah, and- he has a pretty poor showing in that episode. I recently rewatched all six of like the original movies, and he he has a very poor showing in episode six. Let me tell you, he is not he is not in that fight fighting like uh like the most notorious bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's getting knocked around like like kind of like a just like a little boy. <laughs> I mean, he he got more action in those two movies than rather than uh, Phantasma. Oh, God. Phasma, or, yeah, fan, what, Phasma, Plasma, whatever it is, yeah, she she doesn't get much. It's, like, it, it's weird that they do that with certain characters. Like, literally, Boba Fett in his episode, like, whatever episode it was, I think it was 8, uh, where he comes back and gets, like, a lot of action. He literally had more action by far in that one episode than he did in any of the original trilogy combined. Yeah, no, he he... You got to see Boba. It was almost like you're watching Django. He, you know, Django Fett. Django. Yep. Yeah, which was awesome because, like, it's it's kind of like with Django. I feel like with that character, they were almost trying to make a way to add a character similar to Boba, where you actually see him do stuff and see what his suit and ship are like are capable of. So you could, like, I think that's why they want to bring that back where you have, like, you got to see him use all those gadgets. Like, he has, like, the knee rockets, he has the backpack rocket, like, <laughs> which actually gets used and is actually, like, pretty devastating. Like, it, it was, it was definitely, um, and he even, like, twirls his pistol like Django does. Like, I don't know. It, it definitely was a callback to Django. Uh, yeah, no, but, like, I think at the, because, you know, that first episode, the guy's in the armor, and then at the end, where you saw, you know, obviously the silhouette of uh, Boba at the end, and then we cut to credits. You, I, I don't know about you, but I had this feeling like we're gonna get a lot of like callbacks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I will. I based on the um, like casting. I don't remember if it was like rumors or if it was confirmed, but like there was certain characters I was anticipating to see. Like I knew Ahsoka had been casted. Um, and that was my main thing. So like when I saw Boba too, on top of that, I, I was starting to think like, okay, they could really like bring in some certain characters here, um, that, that have been in like the lore previously. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. So if the, sh- one of the things that they came about when they started the show was they were like, we're going to 
make a Star Wars show that has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga. There's going to be no Jedis, this or that, da 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 They were trying to, like, distance it but keep it in the same universe. Now they've included it, but it almost, it works the way they've implemented it. You know, if this was any other franchise, I think I'd be like, oh, you know, they said they weren't going to do this, and this is bullshit, da-da-da-da-da. But, like, even the ending with Luke, you can definitely tell he's not there going forward. He's making his appearance. Yeah, I think that I was talking about this with Josh recently, I think, and he was the one who brought it up and I agree. I think there's going to be a time skip, um, like before the next season, like five years or something like that. Um, or, or like, I don't know how, how they're going to do it, but I think there will be some sort of time skip where they reunite after that, but he's been like trained in the force more. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, and the one thing, actually, now we now you mention it, because obviously season three has been signed. They've been doing season three. But at the end of the credits for the season, we had... Um, Mr. Fat. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, we what the, we what had the, the the reappearance of a character we've all been dying to see. Bib Fortuna, baby. <laughs> and he, he is thick. <laughs> he is thick Fortuna. Finally, I was like... I was dying to see, you know, how Bib Fortuna's character arc would end, and they did it. They finally showed us. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, but dude, so, that scene was boss. That scene, I wanna, I wanna like edit that scene and put like Kanye West songs behind it or something like that because that was like such like a, it looked like a freaking music video always sitting on that throne. Yeah, no, he, I'm so so that's another thing. So right after that, it says Book of Boba coming December twenty twenty one. Yeah, you might know better than I do, but I've seen people like, okay, is this a different show or is this going to be what season three is going to be? I have a feeling it's a different show. I think that, um, I think that what they wanted to do, um, was they released, they obviously put out all those, um, Star Wars and Marvel shows that are coming out, but Book of Boba was not mentioned there. And I think they purposely just wanted to save that for, the season finale and announce it as a sec- separate show as an extra thing there. I do not think it's going to be, I think it would be like odd to shift the focus from the Mandalorian to the Boba. If it was the same show. Yeah. I just don't know if it would work, honestly. Like they, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I highly, highly think it's going to be its own show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. The, the way it was presented, it's like, okay, where do you go from here? You're not going to have Grogu anymore. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'll I'll take whatever they throw at us right now, especially the way the man the Mandalorian has been coming off. Yep. Um, Do you have a uh, a favorite cameo from season two? Like, if you had to pick one as your like favorite one. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a character. Um, the Dark Troopers. Nice. That's mad funny because I was thinking in my head of the cameos and I was like, the Dark Troopers definitely count too. <laughs> because, I mean, it, it. I feel like cameo isn't even like a correct way to describe because the the characters that are brought in, it's more than cameos. They're used within the episode and the story and they progress the story forward. Like the Dark Troopers are, are a big chunk of that last like couple episodes. Um, but regardless, yeah, they their appearance was definitely like really, really well done. Yeah, and it's it's funny because so I don't know I, I don't know if I've had this talk uh, we discussed this but their first appearance comes from the Star Wars game Dark Forces back in like ninety two ninety three oh yeah um you know the whole thing was uh you had not Dash Rendar uh, Kyle Katarn who first level of that game you end up stealing the Death Star plans the original story um and then 
over time, you know, you, you they're talking about these these super troopers being built that are just you know robots, and I mean they've been in other games too, but that was the big one where that was their that was their story. And then I saw that scene where they were like they were just hanging there, and I knew exactly what they were. I was like, no fucking way, we're getting dark troopers. I'm like, this is so exciting because that game when I was growing up was one of my favorites. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I I didn't know what they were. I thought at first they were like Darth Vader suits or something, and then like I got, looked it up and realized that they were dark troopers. So I like read into like what dark troopers actually were, and I was like, oh, these things like are no no joke. <laughs> these things are are actually like ridiculously powerful freaking droids. Yeah, especially when they turn them on. Like that scene where he like runs by the door, you know, Mando runs oh, by the yeah, door. Oh like, no, 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 no. Yeah, in just the one dark trooper. I thought it was really well done how they did it where like from a storytelling perspective, they're like how do we like show off obviously that they're intimidating and the first thing they do is have that one get out and like Mando has to literally fight for his life and use everything he possibly has to beat it. And like basically only survives because of the Beskar stuff. Um, but then they didn't like, like their presence, like you have that. So it immediately establishes how tough one of them is. So their um, presence is immediately felt throughout the rest of the episode. But then it obviously like, it doesn't feel like cheap that Luke comes and cuts them down because you know how ridiculously powerful Luke is. And you know that only someone like that would be able to get them out of that situation. So it doesn't feel like they like made them look like, um, they like, wasted their appearance or anything like that they really did exactly what they had to do to like establish how strong they were but got rid of them and in like a way that made sense yeah no i didn't feel cheap i mean it i would love to see what you could do with them outside of that that bit yep um but like you said i didn't feel it felt perfect it was ideal um because the way it fought with mando was so like brutal too like it was just gonna punch him to death and then it was like okay like this isn't going fast enough try shooting and basically headshots him like three times in a row only survives because of best car and then just continues just like relentlessly like beating him around yeah oh man that was it was <laughs> and the fight dude the fight with mando and gideon was amazing too like that was a really well choreographed fight in my opinion mm-hmm oh it it was it, um I'm hoping we still he's he's not he didn't die right he's, no he yeah. was going to shoot himself this dude is is low key hard as nails because he didn't he was gonna shoot himself rather than get taken prisoner but they knocked the gun out of his yes, hands and yes. she knocked him out so theoretically he's prisoner right now of probably the uh, rebels or whatever yeah that's right okay um the other thing um and I'm curious how they're gonna do this going to season three. Was with the uh, the fucking blade that he got the from dark Gideon. saber. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the one thing that I. That's the only thing that I'm like, okay, if they did a time skip, they would have to somehow explain what happens after that because Bo-Katan really wants that dark saber, and knowing her character, she would probably be willing to fight Mando to get it, especially now that they're out of that immediate situation where they're all in danger. Yeah, I mean in. You know, Mando, he was he was so about just giving her the sabers. Like, I, I don't want any part of this. 
Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care. He's like, you can have the saber, take your planet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. So, Bo-Katan was one of the. Um, that was, I think, the only cameo I didn't know who that you know where she was from. Yep. So she is from uh, the Clone Rebels. Wars. Well, she is in Rebels too, but she starts in the Clone Wars. Uh, she's part of a group called Death Watch, uh, which is basically a group separate from Mandalore that, like, is kind of terrorist, but they, like, they more so um, don't like the Queen at that time because the Queen is very peaceful and they think the Mandalorians are, like, warriors, like, and have pride and stuff and should be willing to partake in, like, in, like, wars and stuff. So she is basically, the leader of that is uh, Pre Vizsla, and she is kind of, like, the co-leader um, and I think might have been a love interest with him or whatever. But essentially, she ends up um, kind of becoming more of a good guy and becomes close with, like, Ahsoka. And there's, like, a huge... I won't go in, I actually won't go into crazy spoilers for the Clone Wars because I don't think you've seen it, so I don't want to spoil too much. But um, essentially, she... Uh, I can't remember what happens with the Darksaber at the end because I think it gets lost somewhere. But she essentially gets it in Rebels is what I've heard. And then at some point um, between Rebels and... Mandalorian that Darksaber ended up with Gideon but it isn't explained how he got it from Bo-Katan or Bo-Katan um, but yeah she's she's been a character throughout like Clone Wars and Rebels um, and she was another person that was casted that I knew was going to show up but it, it was so sick seeing her in live action like they casted her so well it's actually the actress that plays her apparently like in the live action is the voice actress for her character in the Clone Wars which is really interesting but She's dope. Um, seeing her in action in live action was fucking just amazing. <laughs> just so well done. You know, she added some depth, and actually, her uh, partner there, Ka- Koska Reeves. Yes. Um, she's actually a, w- a wrestler for WWE. So I oh, really? That- yeah. That's sick. Um, so that was like that was a big thing. Everyone knew. Oh, Sasha Banks was getting signed to do something in the Mandalorian. Yep. Um. So, I thought I'd save the best for last, but we're going to talk about, I think, your favorite cameo in this whole show now. Oh, yeah, you know. You know which, who it is. Which might be, I would even argue, the best episode of the season. I It was my favorite episode. I'm so biased. So, I will say, the real quick, the Luke cameo, I, like, was, like, emotional watching that episode because I felt like I was, like, a kid watching the original trilogy. Like, it, like, was just so, like... I don't know. I haven't had that feeling watching Star Wars in like a long time. Not like saying anything negative about stars. It's just re-invoking that feeling of watching the original trilogy. Like it is a very tough thing to do um, just because that trilogy is so special, obviously. But that being said, my favorite cameo is obviously still Ahsoka. That's still my favorite episode because I'm so biased. I was actually surprised. Because I expected her to show up probably at the end of that episode leading into it. And then they showed her right off the bat. And she was like a main part of the episode. So that was even better in my opinion. They showed her off as much as they possibly could within that episode really. Yeah. And I think it goes back to with this and a little bit with Boba. Um, they they take the, you know, they become, they're a guest star. They take precedence as like a important part of the story, but they're not sticking around. They're not gonna like 
You know, what's exactly gonna add- the show is the Mandalorian at the end of the day. So plus, plus it's a re- like you said, it's relevant. Her character was relevant to the story. It wasn't like, oh, look, she's just showing up at like a cantina somewhere. Yeah, and it's it's something you logically because like when I when the way it made it was going with season two because I knew Bo Katan was going to be in it, I knew Ahsoka was probably going to be in it. The only surprise cameos for me, or the only really surprise for me, was seeing Boba at the end of um, the first episode. That was crazy. But then I knew that eventually, because he was looking in Mandalorians, he'd come into contact with Bo Katan. Uh, he's looking for Jedi, so I knew at that point Bo Katan would pointed towards Ahsoka and then Ahsoka points towards another Jedi. And then I thought, okay, that other Jedi is probably Luke. Like yeah, it's, when, it, it fits in just like so well with how the flow was of the story. Yeah. The fault that, that episode, the one direct, the one after the Jedi, the one directed by Rodriguez, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Um, when he's sitting there on that temple trying to call somebody, you, you just had this, I think it was like a giveaway almost. It was kind of like, Oh, I know yeah. where this is going. Oh yeah. Um but the um dude the fight between Ahsoka and the magistrate who I think you know this already but she's like Bruce Lee's uh goddaughter I believe or is it Jackie Chan? That is let me pull it up. Diana Lee and I think that's Student of Bruce Lee. Wait it is Bruce Lee, yeah. Um, but that fight was so well done. That fight was basically like a samurai duel, the way they did it. And, like, this is going to be super nerdy, but um, the what they did in that episode... So Ahsoka has, like, a very specific, like, lightsaber style with her, like, two blades uh, that she used a lot in the Clone Wars and that she wasn't using for most of the episode. She was holding the blades normally, but you see... Um, after the magistrate knocks one of her lightsabers out, she actually, and then they're like in like a clash or something, or no, they're not in a clash, she, but she looks at her and then she flips her lightsaber around. She switches the grip. And I, dude, I was so hyped when I saw it because that's like her normal grip. And I was like, yo, it is, it is game over for this, this woman right now. And sure enough, she basically disarms her immediately after that. Like Little details like that are just what make the show and those appearances so special. They do everything they can to, like, appeal to all the fans. They're like, if if you don't even know who Ahsoka was, I guarantee you still watch that episode and you're like, yo, she is sick. <laughs> and if you know who Ahsoka was, you're watching that episode and you're like, yo, they are doing an amazing job with her. It no, it was it was incredible. Um, one of the one of the funny things you mentioned samurai movies. Somebody, I'm not, are you familiar with Akira uh, Kurosawa? The um, yeah, I've seen those pictures where it um, it's like basically a parallel. One of the movies, the way the fighters are stanced is like very similar to how they did it in uh, Mandalorian. I think yeah. I know what uh, what you're talking, what uh, picture you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's a few of them, and I've seen. I'm a big Kurosawa fan. Um, and it felt like some. It, it felt like a samurai movie from like the sixties. Yep. And I, and I actually am a big fan of those types of, uh, kind of lightsaber, or I mean, I guess it wasn't two lightsabers, but like those kinds of clashes where it's, uh, it's not like super drawn out or dramatic or anything. Like they're kind of just trading blows and like pausing in between like that. And this calls back to what I was saying earlier when they, when I talk about pacing, the way they paced that fight was just phenomenal. And like the switching back to, um, Mando, who's having basically his own standoff that which that guy, which was like also an interesting thing they had going on. 
like the way they cut back and forth and like with the sounds too like everything they did about it just made it so so dope and i love i love those lightsaber battles that aren't super flippy all over the place like crazy acrobatics i i those i do love they they have their place but i love when they decide to just take it slow and have really well choreographed simple fights you know yeah no um understandable i would i would argue that the flippy especially from episodes 2 and 3 um i think it was the around the time where the cgi was getting better and the yeah. special effects were getting better so it's like let's let's show off what we can do yep and i will say this my favorite fights uh, uh that are those kinds of ones are the ones where they're still kind of grounded like for example the Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon Obi-Wan fight like is ex- like s- extremely mobile and acrobatic but like it's all grounded they're not like flying all over the place and stuff like that or like the beginning of the Obi-Wan Anakin fight from episode 3 but then like stuff were like cuz I again I was thinking this cuz I was rewatching the episode I I'm not crazy about when the fight gets into like them going on those like giant things in the lava and it starts to be them just like whacking lightsaber blades against each other uh, like while on like different environments and stuff like that it's like I, I just like them like running around and flipping over each other and stuff but um they definitely really loved using that cgi in those movies once once it was getting better like you said yeah but i think i think overall this uh this season is like flawless i think it's it, it just looked beautiful it just the the storytelling was i mean it was minimum but it, it was enough to keep you captivated um the easter eggs you know the appearances the the guests the guest appearances were enough to keep any any actual star wars fan like hooked oh yeah yeah and like it, it's like the, the thing is is like I, they probably didn't even need to do them either like because at the end of the day, even with all those appearances, you're still invested in the Mandalorian and Grogu and their relationship. Like, it's it was pretty emotional to see, like, Luke taking Grogu at the end and, like, having uh, Mando take off his mask and everything. Like, it, I don't know. It's it's just good stuff. Yeah, no, I... I... It was interesting that they had him take it off even the episode before he took off the mask, uh, the, his helmet. Yeah. I did I not think, think that was going to happen. Yeah, but I thought about it, and I was like, well, now that I think about it, he never really took off his mask. Like, you never see him take off the mask around the kid, at least. you He, he takes off his mask at certain moments, but the, those moments you see are never around uh, the kid, really. So I think he was like, all right, I'm going to let the kid actually see my real face, you know, before he goes. Makes sense, yep. Yep, to establish that bond, probably. Yeah, and that's another thing that they kind of built up to in that episode before, or two episodes, yeah, in the prior episode where he took off his mask because that episode was showing that he's willing to start to abandon that code for the sake of the child um, and not have to adhere to it so strongly. So it, it makes sense that he would, you know, kind of go against that code a second time in that moment because he cares more about the child than the code at this point. Yeah, and that that brings up a whole, you know, you know, bunch of questions. I know the code's important to him, but to break it like that, you know, we're, you know, where's season three going to take us? I I think it closed the chapter really well, but it also leaves a lot of questions to be like, okay, where are we going with this now? Yeah, everyone's, it's everyone's it's, 
it's hard to theorize, honestly, in my opinion, where this show's gonna go because the only thing you know is like Luke's taking this kid off to train, assumingly. But like, you know, is the questions with what's gonna happen with the dark saber, or like, what are they gonna? It's also with all the other shows, it makes you question what's gonna be accomplished in this show versus other shows. Like with the with the fact that there's a no, Ahsoka show coming out, that makes me think, okay, Ahsoka's probably. Not in this story. That that story of her versus Thrawn is going to be told in the Ahsoka show, um, and then it may like I'm like okay, is Bo-Katan maybe going to in the taking back of Mandalore? Is that going to be its own show or is that going to be roped in here? I actually think the more I think about it, the more I think that would actually make sense in this show called The Mandalorian. Actually, to have them taking back Mandalore, or even maybe like there's some sort of civil war that happens essentially between Din. And Bo-Katan because of the Darksaber. I don't know, but it's tough because it's like, then where does Grogu fit in? It also raises the question of, okay, you know, what happened with Luke and Grogu in between this and um, and the sequels, you know? Like, there's, there's a few gaps that got to be filled in. I think with these questions, and especially with, and I think we'll go over this now, is all this, all these live action TV shows they just announced. I'm starting to feel... Like they're now going to give us the expanded universe that we had in the '90s with all the books and all the video games and you know all the little things here and there. Um, like it, I don't know if you remember, like when it was just uh, probably before Episode Two came out. Um, there was a lot of books. Um, the games were abundant, especially um, the Jedi Knight series, the Rogue Squadron game. Yeah. Um, there was just all this extra lore out there. And then, obviously, they decided to wipe everything because they were like, nope, we're not going to use any of it. Yeah. And then, what they're doing, and I know some people have a problem with it, but uh, what they're doing is kind of retelling some of the same stories that were in the old lore and maybe changing some things. Like, obviously, Boba coming back isn't a unique thing. That was done in the old lore he came back but like there's nothing in the old lore obviously about him and coming into contact with this new character and all that and and i know some people have a problem with that but for me i'm like you know if they're gonna wipe the lore at least it's better to you know have those stories still be in the new lore in some way whether for better or for worse and you know in other in lore and canon is all in your head If, if you like an old canon story in your head that can still be part of the star wars universe it doesn't have to be like a race from existence you know so it's it's kind of like kind of whatever books. about it. It's kind of like comic books and how we have this idea of a multiverse almost. Exactly. Yeah, you can imagine it's in a different galaxy far far away, you know, just a, a parallel universe where things happen a little differently. So in regards to I want to go through these new shows cuz there's, there's there's a lot to unpack here. There's so many. I can't I can't remember them all at all. <laughs> I literally had to pick and choose which ones I'm going to remember. And which ones I'm going to have to, like, get into as they come out. Well, I think, I mean, there's a couple of, you know, cartoon series is coming out. The Bad Batch and Visions. But I want to kind of focus on these live actions uh, yep. a little bit. So, first and foremost, Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Isn't that which, only going to be, like, four episodes? That's what Josh six. was saying. Six episodes. Six. Which, actually, in my opinion... Kind of makes more sense because when you consider that Obi-Wan probably didn't leave Tatooine almost that entire time because he was protecting Luke, it, it makes sense that they, you know, how many stories can you tell on Tatooine? 
Not many. Yeah, especially since he's out in the desert alone. I think it's probably going to be six episodes with a very purposeful direction. I think they have an intent for some sort of story they want to tell in that gap period. That's going to obviously involve Darth Vader as well, since um, Hayden Christensen got casted. And I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know if this is a rumor confirmed like from the directors or showmakers or whatever, but what I've seen online is that there's a rumor that they're going to have another Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader fight, essentially. Um, like they'll I come into contact somehow. I don't know if it's a rumor, so I don't want to say it like it's going to be a thing. Cause you know, they could just cast it and have them interact via like the force or whatever, but I would be super on board with a fight of in that kind of gap period, because you could kind of have a fight that like their fights, the two fights you have of them are such opposite extremes. Like one of them was the first lightsaber fight and like it shows you know, it's still got its charm to it, but obviously it was very bare-bones choreography. They're just kind of, like, tapping at each other with the lightsabers. Um, but it's more it's more cool for, like, obviously the character moment with Obi-Wan there. Um, and then their other fight is, like, one of the most, like, ridiculous lightsaber fights ever where they're just going all over the place, all out. So I'm hoping this one could kind of be, like, an in-between thing where they have, like, not like such a bare bones fight, but like a more grounded fight as well. Like something I'm talking about that could be more like spacious and paced out like a duel. Something, something between episode three and episode four. Yeah. Like as far as like how fighting wise, you know? Yeah. Well, it's ground. It's grounded. Like what they have in episode four, but it's not that limited. Like it was because they were both old by that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I I can see. I'm 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 curious. Like it could again, be something like. Have you ever seen that um video? It's like a fan made video, and it is insane, dude. I I feel like you've probably seen it, but it's the reimagining of Obi Wan and uh, Darth Vader's fight from Episode Four, and it's got way more like movement and choreography and stuff, and like it has like certain things like Darth Vader doing like his lightsaber throw, like all this stuff. Uh, have you ever seen that video? No, you should for that. Dude, I am going to show that to you because that video is something, man. That video looks like it is from a movie and it is completely fan-made. That's awesome. I'm I'm going to I'm definitely going to send that to you after this is done because I I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It's quite it's quite the spectacle, let me tell you. There's there's I mean there's a lot I haven't, you know, a lot of Star Wars shit I haven't seen. Um cuz I mean <sighs> I mean, so much fan fan service um, and fan made content out there. Um, that was kind of like, did you see the video I sent you? This is absolutely outrageous, but it was like Star Wars dance party. I don't think I I saw that. So I sent it to you. So it pretty much is it just the movie cut the all the they do all the six first six movies, and it just <laughs> the movie it starts with episode one where. The Jedi, they just all they do is party. Yep. And like it's overdubbed. So like the whole thing about, you know, what happens in episode one is that they go onto that ship that they're trying to have the negotiations on. Yeah. Except that it's like they're at a bar and they don't pay their tab. So this whole galactic civil war starts out with <laughs> And every time like a ship flies by, it's like bump like you just hear this like the bass bumping. Oh my god. It's just stupid, but yeah. Yeah, some people get really creative with those fan-made videos, especially since, like, there's so, like, with meme culture, dude, there's so many memes, especially with the, um, the prequels. 
Like the prequels, like with the dialogue and everything, is so meme worthy. I I I love it because it's not like it's not like the the meme age forgot about Star Wars. When meme age came along, we got a hold of Star Wars and we produced some quality memes of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, plenty. Um, the one series I think that I'm 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 curious about. Um, obviously, you know this all these other sh- series. There's so much you can do with it, but Andor is the one that kind of really interests me because this takes place five years before Rogue One. And obviously we know what happened in Rogue One yep. with everyone. And it's like, I'm, I'm kind of curious what kind of, um, what shit you're going to, you know, obviously this, you could do a lot, but, you know, you're given a very limited time frame and like some of these other shows, we just kind of yep. let, let them go all out. Yeah, and uh, I also wonder because since the Obi Wan series is going to be shorter, I have a feeling some of these series could just be mini series. Um, so it makes you wonder like which shows like are going to be drawn out. Like, is this Andor show going to be drawn out, or will they try and tell like a story condensed into like six or so episodes? You know, there's there's so many possibilities with the the universe. Um, that, and and they can really like with storytelling. In general, with Star Wars, there's just so much you can do. So, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot of freedom to tell either really concise stories or really drawn-out stories, and I am totally up for either one. Well, at this moment in time, I'm looking at the... I have the Wikipedia page up with all the TV shows, and Andor actually has more episodes than The Mandalorian for the first season. It's 12 episodes. Oh, okay. So it probably is going to be a longer show than I have a feeling. Yeah, Um. I know Alan Tudyk is... uh. Coming back as K2SO. Okay. That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, I love this character in that movie. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Um, does it say how many episodes the Ahsoka show is? It does not. It just says to be announced. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they... Because I know how popular the Clone Wars is. Um, you know, I know everyone lost their fucking minds with the Mandalorian. I don't see her show being a, oh, we're going to do a miniseries six episodes and that's it. I feel like that's a show they can really grow with. Yes. Especially because they already have an antagonist established with Thrawn because well, I haven't watched rebels and I need to watch rebels, but my understanding is that Thrawn is one of the major antagonists in rebels and he doesn't like really die or get defeated by the end. From what I've heard, I've actually heard, I think rebels, the way it ends is kind of open ended and they may do like a sequel series for it. Um, but Thrawn is is still, and obviously Mandalorian confirms it, but he's still basically at large. And he, I, from what I've heard in the lore, he is a very um, calculating and like efficient antagonist. Like he's basically like an, an, a smarter Moff Gideon in a way. And Moff Gideon is already very like, as you can see, knowledgeable and, and tactical. So Thrawn is someone that they can really stretch out and make it like a process to try and take him down in that show. Yeah, and actually, actually, Thrawn, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the first characters they pulled back in from the uh, expanded universe. Yeah, I think he, so, because they put him in Rebels. Yeah, because he actually was in, and I had, my parents actually had the books. It was a trilogy of Star Wars books from, like, the late 80s, early 90s. So he goes back a ways. Yeah, and he's he's an interesting character, because it doesn't, isn't he actually on the Republic side in the, um during the clone wars and then ends up serving the empire um after that i think so i'd have to go back and uh 
look at that, but because yeah, because from what I've heard, he's not like I think he's more antagonistic in Rebels, but from what I've heard in the lore, he's not necessarily like an evil guy. Like some obviously some M- M- imperial commanders you see are just like straight up evil, but he's not really like that. He's just like a very logical character. Yeah, very logical, very um, calculating. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be awesome. And there's also got to be a moment in the Ahsoka show and it is going to make me cry. I know it. They got to have a moment with Ahsoka and Anakin's force ghost or something because they really, and this is like light spoilers for like just in general Ahsoka's character. But uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty well known. She was like Anakin's Padawan during the clone wars, but there's never really like closure as far as, he, like he turns into Vader and she ends up finding out that he's Vader. She thinks that he died, but she finds out that he's Vader, but um, she can't really do anything at that point. But th- she never really gets the closure of knowing that he like turned good at the end, like turned back into Anakin. And they really need to have that moment where she sees him as like a force ghost. And he like tells her like how proud he is of her and like all that stuff. Like they, like that moment needs to absolutely happen for her character. It's probably one of the biggest un like the big one of the biggest like story points in star Wars that like needs to happen. That just hasn't yet. Like there's no way that story point does not happen at some point in the future. I don't care when it happens, but they absolutely need to have it happen. Yeah, that would be, that would be, uh, that'd be a moment. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, dude, it's like a moment that's been built since like 2003 or whenever the clone wars originally aired, because like, (laughs) you know she's a character then, and, like, you're like, okay, she never, like, what happened with her and Anakin? Then they do season seven. It confirms that she wasn't there, basically, when he turned into Vader. So, it's, it's like, it's like people have been watching Clone Wars since, like, bad, like, I just started watching it, like, last year or whatever. People have been watching it since 2003, have probably been waiting for that moment for, like, most of their lives. <laughs> like, all those teenagers are, like, freaking our age now. Oh, hands down. I mean, that show's been going on. That show, when that show first aired? In, in like, the mid-2000s, I'm pretty sure. I want to say it started in, like, 2003, because then there's, like, the um, 2D one, which was, like, 2002, I want to say. It was, like, a uh, miniseries. Wasn't all, like, um, no, was was there no dialogue or something like that? There was dialogue. It was just minimal. It was, it was the guy who did Samurai Jack, and he did it very much in that style. And it is it is a lot shorter. Like you can find the whole series on YouTube, and I think it's like an hour and a half long in total. But it is like a lot of action. Um, and it's technically, I think it's technically not canon because they did the Clone Wars in 3D after that. Yeah. And different stuff happens in like the Clone Wars in 3D than it does in 2D. But um, it's still it's still a dope series. It still is like honestly like one of the sickest things to watch. It, it is very weird. To just watch like action for that long and just not get like bored of it. Huh. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get on that. I think I, I I know if I was telling you, I told somebody else I've been having an issue with like just committing myself to TV right now or like movie. Just 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 hard to like I don't want to say connect, but there's a lot going on these days on my end. So like, yep. in order, oh shit, I gotta, you know, I want to watch this, I want to watch this, but I don't want to watch 10 seasons of this. I know, that's, same with me, I've been intending to watch Twin Peaks for a while now, ever since I finished Sopranos, and 
it's been a while since I finished Sopranos and I still haven't started Twin Peaks because like I've just I, I watched some anime. Like I've been catching up on that, but that's a lot easier because anime is pretty much always 20 minute episodes. Uh yeah. so it's a lot easier to consume and I'm just watching weekly. Whereas something like Twin Peaks is obviously considerably longer episodes and it's a longer show and I know that it's a show I can't just like watch while not paying attention to. Yeah. And yeah. And and I've also been playing like a lot of like new video games recently, which is like honestly the other thing I haven't like, felt compelled to watch TV like Cyberpunk. Oh, we could get into that one. We you want to talk about that? that? <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about it because I don't own it, but I think you and I have the same. Uh, we we've had this discussion already. We have the same mindset. So my opinion on it is obviously people can have critiques of the game. You, it's not. I'm not saying no one can have a bad opinion. My issue is people seem to be attacking like the game developers and like CD project red for it. When it's obvious that the reason it came out was to meet consumer demands and to meet investors demands for Christmas. Um, and I'm sure they would have delayed it further if they had complete control over it. And my other issue with even attacking them is it's not a game. I played fallout 76. And let me tell you, that is a game that is unplayable due to bugs and that I can tell that the developers were just lazy and putting out a product that was clearly unfinished and they were intentionally putting it out for money. This, I don't think was that case. I don't think it was greed on the parts of the game makers. And I can tell there's a ton of effort put into this game. And the reason that there's bugs is because it's so, there's so much stuff. Like obviously like with all the content in that game and all the details put in, like, of course it's going to not run great on the next gen systems with them putting it out like seemingly before they wanted to so in in my opinion like obviously yes people can have issues with the game critiques i have my own critiques of the game even outside of the glitches i could i could point out some of the things i think could be done better with the gameplay and stuff but i am not mad at the developers i think it's a good game and i think the developers i can tell put effort and heart and soul into this game and it's rare in this day and age with video games most of the time when a video game comes out and it's bad, it's because of greed and because of the developers being greedy or lazy or something. And this is a case where I think if you think it's bad, that's fine. But you, I don't think that you can say it's bad due to developer greed. That's that's my take on it, really. I, I The example I like to use, I remember, do you remember before No Man's Sky came out, how ambitious that game was supposed to be? Yes, yeah, yep. that was going to be this huge world, ever expanding. It was going to be like bigger than Minecraft almost, which is a concept in itself. The game came out and there's nothing to do. And that game got yep. so much shit. We are six years out from No Man's Sky. And they've added so much to that game that nobody talks shit about the game. It's like, oh yeah, you play No Man's Sky? They added this, they added this, they added this. Four years. My bad. But they added so much to it. It's a... um. You know, it's nobody talks about the shit release anymore. It's like, no, check it out. It's a good game. It's a fun game. Cyberpunk, like you're telling me, there's there's so much plus, there's so much to it already. There was so much heart and soul put into it. They they the game practically delivered, minus maybe these glitches that people are having. Yes, and I think people like I think they could have put out the perfect game, and it wouldn't have met people's expectations the expect this is probably one of the most hyped up games like ever so i i wasn't i wasn't going in looking for the perfect game i just wanted to make sure it was a good game and that i can tell there's effort put in which is what i got personally and i will also say the difference one of the differences with no man's sky in my opinion is um 
is the problems with people had with No Man's Sky was more content related than actual like glitches or anything. This game definitely didn't skimp out on content. And I know with No Man's Sky, there was actually like the developers low key got caught in a lie because they said that you could meet up with other people in the um in in the game, but the universe was so big you could never do it. And then two gamers like found a way to like coordinate like going to the same planet and went there in the game and they weren't there. Like they they basically proved that it wasn't multiplayer. Um so so like that's another difference. That was actually like a case with No Man's Sky. There was some fault to the developers there. But like that also I, I do agree with that point. And I don't and I also don't want to like discredit games that are released unfinished because they can be patched later either because sometimes developers do do that to get money now and just fix the game later i don't think that's gonna that's the case with this but i do think to that point it is definitely gonna get patched like i had a 15 gigabyte update on it last night i haven't even played it since but um they're gonna they're gonna they literally came out and said they're gonna patch it as much as they can over the next um over the next few weeks or whatever, for mostly for the last gen consoles, from what it sounds like on on new gen consoles and PC, it runs perfectly fine. Yeah. So what what I would have argued, and what I would have done, if I was the head of that company, I and I'm, this is personal opinion, um, because I don't know if you saw Sony already took it off the store. Yep, they did. Uh, Microsoft is also offering refunds now. I really hope they don't take it off. I'm gonna be upset, like really pissed off if they take it off because. Taking it off the store, like it's like it's like, come on, Sony. Like there was definitely, it's not like everyone want doesn't want to play that game, even if it has problems. Like you definitely just rip that game from like people that wanted to play it. Yeah. Um. But I I also understand that the copy of Cyberpunk that's on the PlayStation Store isn't the PS5 version. It's the PS4 version, and if you have a PS5, it like up renders it up. I think. It's almost treated like a backwards compatible title. Yeah. Um, but what I would have done, I would have probably released it on the PC first. Yep. Um, and then wor- worked on the um, last-gen console versions. Yeah, that would make sense. I wouldn't even, honestly, with the, with what the game looked like, I know you have it on the, you know, I don't want to say current gen, I don't even know what gen we're at, is it 8th, ninth, Fuck. Um, the PS4 and the Xbox One, I would have even scrapped that idea. I'm like, no. Next year, you're going to get the 5 and the Series X. Yep. Because I feel like most of the issues that I'm hearing from people complain about is from the 1 and the 4. Yep. Yeah, no, that's that's correct. And that would have been a good decision. Obviously, you know, I bet that... I mean, that could have been something... I, I really don't know because I don't know exactly how the gaming industry works, but that could have been something... Actually, no, I think from what I heard, I think the game developers were pretty intent on making it... Um, playable for both both uh generations but i do think that your idea would have been probably the better way to go and you know i have an xbox one i was gonna wait for the next gen anyway and i just i just broke i just broke because i saw people playing it and i was like i just want to play it now and but like you know if it had not been available for me or anyone else on my generation to play i wouldn't probably not have really bad in an eye personally and just waited till i got like a ps5 to play it yeah, I, and I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, unfortunately, I wanted to be one of the day one guys. I want to be day one with the PS5 as well, but, you know, that didn't fucking happen. <laughs> I started following on Twitter. There's a PS5 updates page that I got um, notifications set on for. So it basically, like, every time they tweet, they'll tweet, like, um, PS5's available at Walmart at this time, blah, 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 and it'll, like, ping my phone 
Um, so I've been using that. I haven't had luck so far, but it's like at least something I can do to try and keep track. Okay. You'll have to send that to me because I mean, granted, I just got my, I'm waiting for my PlayStation VR to come in first. Um, but I definitely, I was going to wait till my, you know, my 30th is in May and I was going to grab one then, you know, when everything had died down, you know, production is back up, but you know, (laughs) you know, you kind of, like you do with cyberpunk, you're like, I'm going to wait. But I don't really want to. I literally had the mentality of month for months. Like I'm just gonna wait till next gen. Blah blah. Broke day one. Broken one day, and one day all that planning just went down the drain. I was like, nope. Well, that was the thing with the PlayStation VR. I actually didn't want the VR for that. I wanted to eventually get an Oculus for my computer. But I got Squadrons, like I told you, hopping back to Star Wars, and the game is beautiful, and it's all in the cockpit, and. Again, this was this was like we you and I had this discussion already. Very minor complaint, but you can't go in the third person. But the cockpit looks great, and there's like everything to make you feel like you're in a cockpit. It does. It's really cool how the UI is done for that game, where there's nothing like, like all the UI is literally what you're looking at in the cockpit. There's not like a, a health bar on your on in the top left corner or anything. The health bar is basically in your cockpit, like the speed, all that stuff. It's it, it's really a really cool interface. I really like how they did it. So. I think within weeks, I was just like, I need the VR headset. Yeah, that game is probably awesome in VR. Well, that's why, like I told you, I was like, <laughs> like, does Ben need to come and play the VR headset when it comes Dude, I am, I am down <laughs> to try at some point. You know, um, I haven't played that game in a while, actually, just because I've been playing a whole bunch of games. I got, I told you before, but I've been getting caught up in Breath of the Wild too. I stopped a little bit for Cyberpunk, but that is definitely a game I'm going back to because, like, my God, that game is stunning with the amount of stuff that they put into that game. Like, you want to talk about a game with content? Like, good lord! And then that game. Sorry, I just cut you off, but um, that game too. What I really like about that, which is like one of my old small gripes with other Nintendo titles like that have been around for a while, but the newer games are a little too easy. That game is tough, man. That game is not a like easy game to play. You will get mollywopped by the enemies in that game. That the puzzles are incredible. The one thing, the, the thing about that game that blew my mind away. Because remember the Switch, you know, people shitting on it. It doesn't have the tech that the four and the one have this and that. Da 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 da. Day one, I bought that game. Day one, I, when the Switch came out, day one, I got that. And the when you, you know, you get the tablet, and then you hop out, and then it does, like, the it does like the, the shot of, like, the world. The Hyrule. world, yep. And I'm just like, this is, inc- it just looked beautiful. And so you like, can literally explore everything that you're looking at, basically. Yeah, but even still, like, you know how, like, even with, you know, I got Red Dead, you know, Red Dead Redemption, I have, you know, you have all yep. these big, even Cyberpunk, you know, it takes time for shit to render. Nothing yep. renders in that game. You see, every, you can, you like those towers. Yeah, like, you see them from see, so far away. You can see them, and it's not like you know you move and then mountains render and the towers render and trees, maybe the trees, but like the big shit is it's all there. Yeah, dude, that's one thing you can't say about Nintendo. Now, Nintendo is probably some of the most consistently well-performing games. Like those games just don't have glitches. You get a Nintendo game like a, a AAA Nintendo title. You are not going to worry about having to deal with glitches or like bugs and stuff. That game is going to play pretty damn well. The online might be laggy, yes. And Nintendo's online is a little questionable sometimes, but that game is not going to have obvious bugs by any means. No, if so, any. 
I haven't really had any bugs in that game, I don't think. No, none in Le- uh, Legend of Zelda. None in the Pokemon games. None, none in, in Mario. None in Mario. I mean, Odyssey's... Uh, I, I think I've told you, I think Odyssey's my favorite 3D Mario. I want to get Odyssey at some point because I really like the idea of it being a 3D Mario that's more explorative. Like, you can get, like, a moon or whatever and still travel throughout the level and get other stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, 900 moons in that game. Yep. It's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. Very, very cool idea for a 3D Mario title. They're very ambitious with the Mar- the 3D Mario stuff. Um, Another one, if you don't... I don't know if you have it. Um, I have Splatoon 2 on my Switch. And I've never played those games, but I've heard they're good. Yeah, and I mean that that uses online, and I, you know me, I have this thing with playing online. I like to just be left alone and do single player games. Yep. But Splatoon, man, is fucking stupid. Uh, like it's just fun. It's a yep. game worth getting. Yeah, yeah, I might, uh, I might cop it at some point. Although it'll be interesting since we're on the subject of Nintendo. Do you think next year they'll announce a new console? It's been a uh, little bit. Yeah, they're talking a pro model. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know if they... I forgot about the Pro Talks. Because so, Nintendo's kind of weird with their console sometimes. So this is this is the thing with Nintendo. Um, well, first and foremost, there are patents out there that make it look like that the portable mode might be going away. Unless they're going to do the opposite of the light. You know, the light is, like, handheld only. Yep. And maybe they'll do a Pro where it's TV only. Maybe be interesting, but then that, you know, Hey, I want to use my pro on my TV, but now I want to go travel. How am I going to connect my accounts? Yeah, true. I don't know. It'll be weird. It'll be interesting, honestly. But overall, uh, I honestly think Nintendo, cause you know, you've seen them over the years. They've adapted and create, you, you know, the meme, you know, Nintendo, this is what cocaine looks like. You know, all the controls are completely different from the last one. Yep. <laughs> With the Switch, I think they hit the hammer on the head on the design, what the console should be. You know, you they've been able to encapsulate the whole market. There's something yeah, for everybody on there. Like, that really is such an innovative console. Like, I think the Switch, like, I, I know with the Wii, they were trying to be innovative with motion control, and obviously the motion control isn't perfect by any means. Um, but, like, I think as far as what they were trying to do with the Switch, like, they fucking nailed it, like you said. Like, it, it works so well... Like, you play it on the TV, and it's so easy to just get out and play mobile, and it still looks and runs great just, like, on its own little screen. Like, you're literally basically holding a mini console in your hands, and it's it doesn't feel like a gimmick. It, feel, it feels legit. Yeah, so my next question is, like, what does Nintendo do? Do they step away from this for the next console? Or do they upgrade it and just make it better than what it is? I hope they do the latter. I wouldn't want to see them walk away from what they have done. That is true. I mean, uh, I would I agree with that, but I don't think that's what's going to happen just because it's Nintendo. I think Nintendo is the type of company where they, like, I would like to think that they're the type of company that could surprise us, and we think, like, how could they do better than the idea for the Switch, and then they surprise us and, and do something that's better, but is it, like, a different concept? And Nintendo is that kind of company where... Like, you know, every console is, like, completely different from the last, usually. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, or maybe, well, you know, what 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 would be cool if they did your ideas? If, like, you know how there's the NES and SNES? What if they just did, like, the Super Switch or something like that? Like, instead of the Super Nintendo, it's the Super Switch or something like that? 
Or like, imagine if, and this is, um, I'm getting ambitious now. It would probably cost a little more. But if it was like a Switch Pro, and it was a console, but it also had a deck where you could put your Switch in. So your Switch is attached, like a portable one. But it's also, if you don't have it like, and this this is getting ambitious. You could do like borderline like 3DS shit here. You know, you can either take the take take like the the handheld part, be able to play it, go on the go, maybe do like some do something with the screen in your hand and the screen up, kind of like what the Wii U was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, also take it portable. I don't know. I'm getting ambitious now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Nintendo tries to be ambitious, so it's uh, it's it's not unfeasible for ideas. Yeah, it is not. Um, so. We've been going for a little over an hour now. Um, I'm glad we get to talk Star Wars. Glad we get to talk gaming, minus all the fluff in that chat we have. I love that chat, but (laughs) some days. Yeah. But um, I definitely want to have you on again. I love talking to you. It's always always a always a good conversation. Hell yeah! No, it's always it's always something to look forward to. I've enjoyed both the the podcasts we've done. So before we get off, you want to drop your um. Drop your band stuff again? Yep. Uh, yeah. So I'm in a band called Sporting. Uh, S-P-O-R-T-I-N-G. We are on Spotify and Apple Music. We only have a couple songs out now, but we have music we will release in the future. We are actually going to probably be doing a music video soon. We just got to kind of plan it out. Um, but that will probably drop early 2021, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, sport, you can also find Sporting on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram as at Sporting Band. I believe the Twitter handle is the same as well. And my rap stuff you can find on Spotify and iTunes, YouTube now with just the video, Bane the Brain, and Facebook, Bane the Brain. Twitter is at Bane underscore the underscore brain. And I believe my Twitter is just... Or no, my Insta- sorry, Instagram is Bane underscore the underscore brain, and Twitter is Bane underscore brain. Awesome. That's that's a lot. That's like <laughs> that's like everything. That I- is a lot. It's so much to remember. <laughs> so for those of you who don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at Meteor underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. I myself on Twitter. You can find me at the SLB Official. We are on all streaming platforms minus Pandora at the moment. We are working on that. If you can't find us on a streaming platform, please reach out to us, and we will try to add it. Uh, This has been Open Frequency Radio with Ben. You guys have yourselves a wonderful day. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.